Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of The Front Three. My name is Adam Boltwood. Joining me as always is Lawrence McKenna. Hey, how you doing? It's good to have you. Thanks. And uh, of course, the stat man himself, Dave O'Brien. Hello. Hello to you too. Yeah. <laughs> how, how are we doing this fine, fine Wednesday night? I think we're all in a pretty good mood, aren't we? Yeah, we're all right. Yeah. You know. Football's back. Like that's the thing is it is we were I don't know I was hanging out my ass because it was like every show I was doing was like preview of the season, preview of the season, <laughs> and then and I was always like I don't know anything about the season because nothing's happened and now something's actually happened. So it's good. So thank you once again for listening to the front three, whether it be via SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, the comment of the week this week has to go to user four three nine three three zero zero three two who said August the twelfth is my birthday, which is episode seventeen. So happy mm-hmm. birthday to user lots of numbers there but in which time zone is it your birthday uh oh well i mean this is the thing hawaii Hawaii, correct can i can i actually say i think the best uh comment this week or joint best comment has to go to julia bates julia commented earlier in the week and said to me uh like accidentally tag me accidentally in a bit of commas tag me in a coutinho post and then i said could you draw squawker dave and she said Yes, I drew Coutinho, but it would be pretty hard to draw Squawker Dave because I can't find pictures that don't have dot 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 the quality of a toaster. I think she means a potato. Um, I can, however, do this. And she's literally drawn birds playing football and signed it. And I mean, Dave, it's amazing. No, it's, it's not birds, buddy. It's Squawker FC. And we're Sorry. squawking some goals. We've won 5 0 against the other team FC. It's fantastic stuff. It is actually, genuinely, I've never had anyone draw anything for me. And I looked through some of her artwork and I was like, imagine if she drew me. That like that would genuinely make my day that someone draws me. Do you know what I mean? It's quite, it's quite something. If you, uh, draw just, me like one of your girls, Jack. I'll, uh, I'll retweet it from the official uh, Front Free account. People can, uh, can check it out there. Also, thank you for everyone who gave us feedback about which day to do the Front Free on. Um, yeah, we did feedback this. coming in. I put out a little tweet. I did do the poll on the, yeah. on the old Twitter there. Overwhelmingly yes. in favour of keeping it on Wednesday. That yes. is, that's how it goes. We, you know, Underwhelmingly just... in favour of keeping it on a Monday. Yeah, people didn't like Monday. But I yeah, think a popular opinion would be that we do it on Fridays when it's a Champions League week. We can sort of react to all those happenings, all that sort of stuff. So that's a good plan. A popular opinion was actually just do it and uh, we'll listen. Do you know oh, what I mean? Dedication. That's what I love to see. Um, so anyway, on with episode 17, we're going to do the news, the transfer talk as always, answering the questions and then briefly onto the talking points. The news last night was the UEFA Super Cup. Bit of a bit of a crazy game. 5-4 to Barcelona against Sevilla in the end. Lawrence, what did you make of the game? Um, uh, uh, technically, 
uh, attacking wise mm. a fantastic game yeah. um I, and i know that almost goes without saying but that it, you know sometimes you sort of think well there's a 5-4 and it's sort of um you know there's these kind of rushed terrible goals but then i mean dave you were talking about the free kick last oh. night, and i think even it wasn't it uh, there was someone else i mean adam i think you, what wasn't too shabby was it it, the free kicks. I mean, unbelievable. And then he's got a hat trick of free kicks. He was what meters, at second, sort of feet away from scoring a hat trick of free kicks in a Super Cup final. Lionel Messi is an absolute joke of a but player. Then, not not only that, but then the fact that Pedro scored the winning goal, and there's mm. this kind of perfect narrative arc for him to be able to leave if he has to. Is sort of proved in a way his use to Barcelona, if you like. Um, and I, I don't know, there was something really nice about that and just the sheer passion that he had when he scored, where he went, the way he ran, the way he yeah. ran over and kicked the corner flag. It, it was fantastic. And that's the culmination after a game where it was four all. I imagine Mourinho watching it and sort of going, this is shit. <laughs> where is the defence? It's, it's like hockey. Um, what, but it was incredible. Dave, what do you make of all the whole the whole Pedro situation? And so, of course, as Lawrence is saying, he got the winner there, set up the headlines perfectly. It comes out after the game. You know, he's sort of he's non-committal about whether he wants to leave Barcelona, depending on what the executives say. You don't know who to believe. But what do you reckon the latest is on the situation? And what can you see happening? Is he going to leave Barcelona? Is he going to go to Manchester United? Yeah, well, that's that's sort of what written everywhere, isn't it? That he is going to be joining Manchester United as a gentleman's agreement with the club. But you know, Man City throwing millions and millions of pounds. Exactly. What does that mean? In, in <laughs> a gentleman's agreement. Like We've so, got this gentleman's agreement. Yes, but I've got a real life contract. Yeah, <laughs> if, if me and you had a gentleman's agreement, Lawrence, we would keep it up, which we don't, but we would keep it up. You know. Back in the day when people had honour, footballers had honour, that would have been kept up. But you never know these days. Man City could go and offer him, you know, a house, a car, a wife, you know, a swimming pool. You never know. But no, I thought the thought the Pedro narrative was lovely. That's his second goal that he scored in a Super Cup final in extra time that has won Barcelona the game. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Something really interesting that this main squawker account spotted yesterday was the so UEFA Super Cup winners since 2009. So 2009, we've got Spain, 2010, Spain, 11, Spain, 12, Spain, 13, Germany, 14, Spain, 15, Spain. That is ridiculous. That just shows the dominance of Spain in European football at the moment. Uh, there was also, there was a fantastic stat tweeted out the other day, just while I'm still thinking about it, and Dave's talking about Man City. And this is a good one. Over the past five seasons, the champions have always played their first game on a Monday night. Oh. Which is... I mean, Marcus made this joke to me the other night when we were walking around in Victoria. He said, it bodes well for West Brom, doesn't it, Lawrence? I was like, yeah, it does. <laughs> just before we move on from this game, can we just acknowledge what a great team Sevilla have got there? Yes. Fantastic that, I mean, side. Such uh, uh, resilience. Yeah, just, and so, yes, such resilience. Uh, so, also, it's the kind of side that you build if you are a FIFA, uh, sorry, you're a pro Evo player and you believe totally in just building with technical players. I mean, kind of Plianka, Immobile is there. I mean, that's ridiculous. The, the, the player, Ava Benega is there. The players they have just make them a really likable team. Yeah, they're good guys, aren't they? Yeah. I, I, I was watching it and I was like, yeah. and, and Sevilla's kit is fantastic. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's amazing. <laughs> Um, that Sevilla, are the, I think, are going to be the new hipsters. Uh, are going to, you know, obviously having one. Oh, they already are. No, no, no. Because they, they, you need to win something first, and they've gone on that win. It, they've gotten on the low key win, and now that I think they're going to be the sort of real hipsters thing. You know. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I really like Sevilla. I like what 
Emirates doing there. I think they've got a, you know they've such work weight. I just hope that they keep the players that they've got. You know, they always seem to lose their players. You know, Alex Vidal's gone. Um, Krychowski's going to potentially go to Arsenal. It's yeah. But let's just hope that they stay around and, and the, they get to build a, a sort of a team. Related to the game, of course, uh, Messi in imperious form. Today it was announced the UEFA Best Player in Europe award. The final three candidates are Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo and Luis Suarez. Is there any disagreement among us that Lu- Lionel Messi should be picking up that award? Say Lionel or, or Lionel? Well, I mean, what is it? Lionel? Lionel? People do say Leo Messi, don't they? So Leo Messi. Leo does, is there any disagreement that Leo Messi uh, should be picking up this award come August 27th? I feel like uh, Conopley Anchor made a good case for himself last night. Um, <laughs> a bit late for the running, but I mean, uh, I it's, it's Messi, isn't it? It's pretty difficult to argue with that. Directly involved in 15 goals last season in the Champions League. Just a brilliant player. Last Everyone knows season, that. he broke Telmo Zara's record of 251 Liga goals with a hat-trick against Sevilla. He also ended the Champions League campaign as the 10-goal joint top scorer, along with Ronaldo, who's also been nominated. Ronaldo was the top scorer in La Liga with 48 goals, which is ridiculous. Um, He also scored 61 in all competitions from Madrid last season, which is his career best. And of course, you've got Luis Suarez, who was devastating as part of the front three for Barcelona. Lawrence, would you vote for Messi if if you could? Absolutely, I, I think. Uh, but the the problem is that there's there isn't any sort of second prize, and you almost need a Ronaldo Messi <laughs> thing, and then yeah. you go, and then there was who's everyone the, else. Who's third place? <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. then you go third, fourth. I, this is why I don't understand with, with such great players in our time, mm. sort of dominating that. Why isn't there a top five? Uh, for yeah. the top three, which goes out then. I mean, I know that there probably was. There's, there's been the shortlisting, mm. but that that you know, we almost need to make more of that shortlisting so that players well, get a, almost better. It is interesting. Uh, Ronaldo won it last year, and uh, the person yeah. who won it before that was Ribery, and before that was Iniesta. So it's good to see that it's not just Messi, Ronaldo. The, the past mm-hmm. four years. Um, so there you go. I think we, we're all thinking Messi. I think it's it's hard to disagree there. In other news, the thing that's dominating all the headlines in the UK is the front three is back, man. That is the big. Apart from that, you know, that's been relegated to the you know the second page now. By women are shit doctors. That's what I think. Women are shit doctors. Yes, Jose (laughs) Mourinho. Be be a woman. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for your picture, Julia. Jose, (laughs) I'm sure everyone's seen this, of course, but um, Jose Mourinho. He's sort of getting in a little bit of hot water over the way he's treated Eva Carniere. Um, in in <laughs> it was post game after their two all draw with Swansea. Um, she's the club doctor. She ran onto the field together with head physiotherapist John Fern in the third minute of stoppage time to treat Eden Hazard. Now they were waved on by the referee Michael Oliver, but Jose Mourinho lost his shit. Went absolutely mental. A lot of people. After the game was sort of saying it's classic Mourinho distraction technique, trying to take away from Chelsea's poor performance and sort of focus on uh, you know another aspect of the game. Lawrence, we've been talking about this the past couple of weeks about how Mourinho is perhaps he's starting to look a little bit petulant, and maybe a little bit immature in the way he's going about things. Is this another case of that? Is it the old classic mind games? Is he going about this the completely wrong way by throwing Eva Carniera under the bus? What do, you, what do you make of all this? It's a bit of a circus at the moment, isn't it? There are a lot of strands to this one to pull together, aren't there? And probably subtext that 
depending on where you sit, you read in a different way. So, for instance, some people believe that maybe Mourinho wouldn't have intimated that if it was not a woman and maybe he would have used different words. We also have to acknowledge that there was a man who ran on the pitch as well in this one um, and that actually there are a lot of people who uh, who wrote the articles that thought that it was Mourinho saying that about Kinero. And then not only that, but there was this Facebook post from her talking about all the support and stuff and how Mourinho felt that was a little bit unprofessional. I think to some extent there would be a justification there. The problem being that because it's been taken into the realm of something that's more political or um, sort of human rights-esque and Mm. inequality-driven, we're seeing a different narrative play out. And the the problem is, I mean, really, I think Mourinho... Mourinho is distracting from something here. I think he's slightly distracting from the team's performance. I think I also think he's slightly distracting from the fact that Eden Hazard went down in a certain way. So, you know, does that distract from, you know, maybe he's sort of, he's trying to validate Hazard going down, if if you like, yeah. and sort of playing a certain narrative there. And I think it pulls a lot of things together. And basically what it does is, you're right, it distracts, but I don't mm. think his main intention is to distract. I think he's... He's genuinely... He's making, He's making political comments within the club. And, you know, generally with Mourinho, you you find that to be the case. It's interesting, as you say, we did mention the physiotherapist too, like, say, a male who ran onto the pitch. The the headlines came out yesterday that it's Eva Carniera that's been demoted. Well, she's had a a role change at the very least, so she's not going to be involved in matches and training sessions. And as you pointed out, that seems to be because of her reaction on social media. So she took to Facebook to sort of thank people for their public support against what people are perceiving to be Mourinho's bullying but either way uh, Dave do you agree that sorry does she have a fan page she's got or is, a, is that apparently is that it's post? like a, it's, it's her Facebook page and it's the second post she's ever made so it didn't go down too well with Mourinho of course wants everyone to be on side and everyone to be in the bubble of Chelsea and you know backs against the wall it didn't go down li- literally very her, well her timeline goes new to this how do you use it just want to thank everyone for all the support that's been going out there on social media yeah, so it probably wasn't the wisest decision to, for that to be a second post. Um, yeah, and third so, one was like liking caught offside <laughs> or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So apparently, yeah, he he, he wasn't too happy about that. Um, but Paddy they, Power will be clever to make her like them right now on Facebook because that's the most popular thing. But what do you reckon, Dave? Um, people are sort of saying he should be apologising Jose Mourinho now. It's on the, on the BBC now. Peter Brunker, who is uh, Liverpool's former head of medicine, he's saying Mourinho's shown a significant lack of respect and he should be apologising to Eva Carniera instead of demoting her. He's just being a dick, really, isn't he? Who? You forget. A dick. Mourinho is reacting to this this stuff. You know, the referee signals on your physio, the physio runs on and, and your manager goes mental. What, you know, what's he doing? Someone, someone made the point the other day I thought it was a really good point. Sorry to cut you off, Dave. Someone made a really good point that... Um, you know, Mourinho says she doesn't. Uh, they don't know very much about football. The problem being there, then uh, he's also intimating that, that you don't know anything about football for some weird reason. If Hazard goes down and play acts essentially, um, and then you go on the pitch, it, the the point was made. Maybe it's Hazard who doesn't know enough about football and the way that he's going to, or is it referee right. that doesn't know enough about football, or is it Mourinho who's the Mourinho is playing a game of ignorance here? And actually, I don't think anyone's ignorant. I just think that there are a lot of aware actors who are playing into but, the same narrative. Do so you, wait, just going on a page, right? It's really funny. It's got yeah. a, sharing a page, which is. Fire and water flowers, community. And then, then it's got the post, and that is literally it. Cheers. <laughs> that is unprofessional in a way where, you know, you have done this and you've got to keep this internally in the club, but Mourinho should be apologising to her, to be quite honest. For what? 
for just to be a Mourinho. That's the issue. We forget what Mourinho no. is. I think yeah, look, it's what we said last week. Yeah, we've, we've been talking about the last two weeks about how Mourinho seems to be increasingly petulant and he's coming across badly. He, he, he seems to be making, I don't want to say making a fool of himself, but he's definitely coming across negatively in, in the yeah. media and to the general public. The, the phrase is said, the, and this is part of the problem, is that we, the, the, uh, you know, there's a real sense of injustice in certain countries. And I really think the English media is great at injustice. When Luis Suarez handballed it on the line at the World Cup, the English media are like, good God, I cannot believe it. This man's handballed it and taken Ghana away from the true destiny of the country. And then um, uh, the Americans were like, well, you know, he got the yellow card and then he got the red. And, you know, in the end, he went off the fucking pitch. So it was fine. And like, I guess there's just this moral injustice that English people feel somehow. And they don't like the press, especially no, yeah. have this titled notion that somehow they're the ones who will judge this. Do you what, know what I mean? What I'd add to that is so... Um... I'm sure you guys watch Chelsea Fans Channel, the uh, number yeah. one Chelsea channel on YouTube. So Rory Jennings, who you know is on that channel, is someone I love. Rory. I saw collaborating. Love yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. He wrote an article today for the Mail Online saying that Chelsea fans oh. are becoming embarrassed by Mourinho's actions. I don't think he, he, I'd have heard anything like this from Rory in, in the you know a month ago, two months ago. But it seems to have come to this point now where. He's Sorry, mate. You'll call someone a fat Spanish waiter. You'll 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 ask for you'll ask for Benitez out. You will literally castigate some of the world's best managers and alienate people within football who are well loved. But you've gone too far here, mate, by getting rid of our doctor. But what I'm saying is this: is this not the culmination of for since? It's I've, the culmination of you guys. But like, it, it's it's like the pot calling the kettle black. No, but I, I've... you can't be a dick to everyone. Then when your manager's a dick, like you can't be let him be a dick for years, and then when he's a dick publicly, you go, oh, "We're a bit ashamed now." But yeah, I'm... now it's a bit of a shame. Do you not remember years ago when he got the bloody referee sacked because they bloody lied, saying that they thought that he was taking some sort of bribe or advice from Barcelona? No, you don't get to call it whenever you want. You can't be aware when you want, and then bloody will do it on the fucking Mail Online. <laughs> Don't don't somehow talk me into the idea I that the Mail got... Online is the most aware place on the internet. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying Chelsea, uh, Rory, as a Chelsea fan, he's quite he is a, a prominent Chelsea fan in that space, not the Mail yeah. Online. He is yeah. saying, as a Chelsea fan, <laughs> not I'm in the getting... racist right wing online paper. He's, Sorry, right. As yeah. a Chelsea fan, he's saying he's getting tired yeah. with Mourinho. What I'm saying is, I don't think Chelsea fans would. I, I don't think they would have come to this point. What I'm saying, it seems to be a culmination of everyone growing tired of these sort of outbursts and this sort of circus. You know what? This is Including Chelsea fans, which would never happen. It's neo Mourinhoism. I said this on the podcast ages ago. Is that a thing? Um, Is that something you just made up? Yeah. No, well, there's there's Mourinho and then there's post-Mourinho, which is sort of the Rafa, the AVB, those kind of guys. And now this is neo Mourinhoism, which is kind of Mourinho, but we've learned from Mourinho's previous mistakes. And so people are beginning to progress and it's it's building. Wise up to his ways? Wise up to his ways, you're saying? Or? Uh, not wise up. It's it's the same as uh, liberalism, post-liberalism, neoliberalism, capitalism, post-capitalism, neo. Any anything that. And so we're in the neo stage now, which is kind of. Uh, and maybe maybe there's probably Goldsmith students out there screaming at the paper, screaming at the speakers. But yeah. like now we're in neo Mourinho, so we're kind of we're like Chelsea are building a history and a, a um and an identity around this, and then now it's beginning to crumble because they're realizing that it's sort of a flawed identity and it's giving them something to rally around. And I, I mean, I agree with what Rory's saying, but I also think it, it, 
it shows that uh, it shows the complete lack of awareness that maybe some people have operated with in the past that they were happy to you know uh, engage in something called banter in inverted commas mm. or, or you know have a dig at someone because it, you know it was a cheap shot but as soon as it sort of makes you look bad or it may, it may affect you winning suddenly you have some sort of moral interest in it I... and i just think there's a there's a terrible um i don't know, like a, a um a hypocrisy to it if you like and i i think all fans engage in it all fans are hypocrites because of the way they you know defend luis suarez or whatever whoa lawrence i am not a hypocrite <laughs> <laughs> But they, they, I mean, they've they've summed it up perfectly there. Like that's exactly what every fan would say <laughs> to you, and yet, <laughs> and yet, by by saying I'm a hip, I'm not a hypocrite. You're a massive hypocrite. Do you know, it's a it's a paradox. Listen, we've, it got move, it, it, we've we've got to move on. But I I I tried to get Rory to be on a guest tonight to talk about this, but I think next week would be good to get him on and talk <laughs> him a chance. After that, yeah, I'm gonna get the Lawrence, so I'll let I'll let, yeah. uh, I'll let you and uh, Rory have a have it out. No, like that, uh, you know, you know, I have a lot of respect for Rory. I think he's a I think he's wonderful on YouTube. But, oh, I, and and I'm slightly <laughs> I'm slightly dr- dramatizing for effect. But the, my point would still be. You can't. Yeah, you can't you be. Can't I, say I understand this now. the point. Yeah, say, like I think it's a point that. Well, you I just know, thought it was interesting made. that Rory is a, a, an avid Chelsea fan, and like many football fans, like you say, the maybe the club can do no wrong, maybe Mourinho could do no wrong, but it's come to the point now where he's saying we're a little bit embarrassed by Mourinho, which I don't think would have happened uh, a few. Bit months late ago. now, mate. But bit anyway, late there. It's a good. It's a good point. I'll try and get Rory on yeah. next week anyway. Yeah. And uh, great point. He can he can answer to uh, to what you've had the to colleague say. Colleague Scott cousin. Moving on to the incredibly important transfer talk, as always. Uh, a done deal today um, is Oriol Romeo to Southampton from Ooh. Chelsea, five million pounds. Hailed as a you know a promising teenager when he joined Chelsea back in two thousand eleven. Dave, what does he add to Southampton's midfield, or what do you know of this player? He's a decent ball player. You know, he's always he's always looked pretty decent on the ball. You know sort of a defensive midfielder that sits quite deep, plays it to the sides. But I don't know, he's, he's obviously he made that decision to join, join Chelsea whenever he did and obviously it's gone back to bite him in a way where he's never going to get through to the first team. Classic cliche, you know, these young players going to Chelsea, a lot of talent and not getting in. But Southampton's a brilliant move for him, very progressive club. You could see him sort of fighting for the starting jersey with uh, Jordi Classy, obviously a brilliant uh, central midfielder. So you could see those two playing the ball-playing role alongside Wanyama. So it's probably a good, good, the right step in his career. Obviously, been at Stuttgart, been at Valencia, didn't really work out at either of those clubs. So, you know, it's, it's a good move for him. Uh, West Ham have called off a proposed move for Joey Barton after mm. negative fan reaction. But who needs him, Lawrence, when they've got a future Ballon d'Or winner, Reese Oxford, in the team? Am I right? Make a good point. Uh, the question was asked this week uh, by who on Twitter? Uh, the question was, let me try and find it because it's worth saying people's names. You lost me, you lost me, you lost me. Top five, top five. You can edit this bit. Oxford. There you go. Ruben, who's Ruben Swifty, who has a lovely avatar, says, thoughts on Reese Oxford. I know it's only been one game, but he was superb against Arsenal. He then said, I miss you guys on Football Daily. When are you coming back? Sad face, teary eyes. Thanks, Ruben. Yeah, great first performance. Can we just acknowledge he's 16? Mental, mm. absolutely mental. Like that is, I was with my sixteen-year-old cousin at the weekend, and he's a physically developed, like you know, muscular kid, and he still doesn't look like he's meant to be on a football pitch. Do you know what I mean? Like this is, uh, this is incredible. We're, we're and the biggest point is we're going to end up with our first post-millennial footballer soon, and that's then then you're really old. Do you know what I mean? Like, cry. 
yeah. But it's a, he was great. I wonder how often he'll feature this season. Um, it's interesting to see Slavin Bilic apparently pointed out that he's not going to play every game. Like I say, he's only 16. He's not fully developed yet. So it seems smart of Bilic to say, you know, he's going to sort of take the time to develop him and not, you know, throw him in. Ball's out though, isn't it? I mean, you know, you're playing, you essentially you're beating Arsene Wenger at his own game. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mad, isn't it? Um, I think he, he suited the game, didn't he? He's naturally yeah. a centre-half, you know, playing defensive midfield. Um, in terms of his stats, they were all pretty de- pretty good defensive-wise, you know, making three blocks all pretty much around the box, th- two clearances inside the box, an interception inside the box, winning tackles sort of in, in central midfield. His pass accuracy was the best on the pitch, 94%. You know, it's a very, very good start for the for the young lad, but he's got to obviously progress. He's only 16. There's a load of things that can happen between him now and being, for example, 21. When you'll, you'll, Puberty, you'll see probably. Him. Well, exactly. He could get even bigger. You never know, do you? You know, he's going to grow out could get taller uh, but no it's a brilliant start and it's, it's good to see young English players in the game um, another confirmed deal is Edin Dzeko he's gone on loan to Roma I think we've spoken about this one before so I'll, I'll try and skip over that um, Manchester United are apparently close to signing the centre-back they desperately need not Sergio Ramos who is reported to be on the verge of signing a new contract uh, either late this week or early next week um, but these reports of Nicolas Otamendi a resurfacing day. This is a player they've been linked with for years. According to reports in Spain, the move is close. It's, oh, it's just a paperwork that needs to be filed. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sick of it. Why is the why are they not being done? Why are we why are we on? We're in the twelfth. It's the twelfth of, of August, and we played one Premier League game with Daily okay. Blind at centre half. He did play pretty decently, but was out muscled a few times. Didn't look defensively brilliant. Like, why have we not signed a centre half yet? You're not going to win the Premier League with a, with a you know with, without two good centre halves. They're banged off so many times, mm. and this Otamendi thing's come back. But it just for me, there's so many other decent centre halves in world football, younger players that we should probably be looking at. The likes of Laporte, the likes of Samuel and Titi, the likes of Regani potentially that could have nipped in there. Jose Jimenez, or you know, there's so many players. It just seems like I'm I'm just a bit upset to be honest. I'm upset about our transfer dealings this window, and it's just not good enough. Strong words, strong words. Um, Ramirez is apparently set to leave Chelsea and join Juventus. Um, Julian Draxler may also be joining him at the club. That's one, that one's been dragging on for a couple of weeks as well. Uh, just on Ramirez briefly, Lawrence. I say Drax City. Drax City. Uh, Ramirez is never he's never sort of set the world alight as Chelsea. He's a, he's a useful squad player, but do you really? think Chelsea would miss him if he goes to Juve, or is it is it time for him to move on? He's one of my favorite Chelsea players, man. Like I think um, whenever he plays, I like uh, his, I like the in balance, but balance that he brings to the side. If you know what I mean. So he's most people judge him as just a central defensive midfielder, but I think I like it the leggy nature of his play. Um, I'm I, I wonder. I, I think is his effectiveness out on the pitch. I think he's very effective. You see, like you see him because he's quite. He seems like quite a prominent player. But I wonder if overall for the team, if he's as good. Um, I don't know. I'm asking the question, but I, I kind of enjoy watching Ramirez and I like watching him for Chelsea. I really enjoyed watching him in the um, Community Shield. Um, and I thought, yeah, but he's essentially what I'm saying is I think he's one of those players who um, he's, he seems very prominent, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's doing a good job. Yeah, I can't. I can't see him leaving. To be quite honest, I think Mourinho uses him very well in the big game. Yeah. Plays him on the right hand side. I just can't, I can't see that transfer going through. It's it's too much. Ramirez is a is a very very good squad player, and he'll fit in a number of roles at Chelsea. Chelsea haven't strengthened enough to to sell someone like Ramirez, in my opinion. So I think he's going to be there next season. Bit of Drax, bit of Drax, bit of Drax, Drax potentially on his way there. So um, Go on Jules, 
The other news, the Guardian are reporting that uh, Tottenham have no intention of si- selling Harry Kane to Manchester United. They're flat. Yeah, signing right. anyone. He, he's coming, He's coming, Adam. 20, 22 Premier League goals and that's it for Tottenham, I'm afraid, mate. And now you're going to believe us. And now you're going to believe us. Now you're going to believe us. Uh, signing Harry Kane. He's not signing believing. Harry Kane. <laughs> They're not going to sell him. But apparently, no, tragically, this, this could have an impact on Javier Hernandez joining Spurs. Manchester United don't want to do business uh, over Javier Hernandez if Spurs aren't willing to, you know, talk about Harry what? Kane or maybe bring That's him rubbish. into it. The... Well, they're saying, you know, if you're not going to talk to us about Harry Kane, we're not going to talk to you about Hernandez. According do you think they just? Do you think they just the text him like? They just text him like swap deal question mark slap face. Tottenham Art. Tottenham are apparently set to sign a striker though from League 1. Uh, Leon's Clinton Unjai? 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 Unjai. Unjai. So um, apparently uh, 14 million euros plus 3 million in add ons. 21 year old Cameroonian striker. I've never heard of him in my life. Just what they need. Dave, yes. have you heard of this guy? Yeah, I watch quite a bit of Leon. They're my favourite French team. You should definitely check them out if you haven't. Um, it's quite an explosive striker in a way. He worked well with um, with Lacazette last season, playing up front. Uh, the games where I saw him, he, he sort of Lacazette looked a bit like a, a one was scored two goals in this game. It was all one touch, both one touch finishes. And MG looked like he was sort of putting the putting a shift in a bit more, running around, running the channels. Picking up the ball, quite a decent signing. It's a strange one for Spurs, though. It seems for £14 million, uh, like the signing player that had half a good season last year for, for Lyon. A uh, bit of a gamble, I'd say. Maybe it is just what they need if he's willing to run the channels. I mean, it would be nice to see their full box engaged with someone a bit wider. We do need yeah. a little bit of pace, I, yeah. I'd argue. So hopefully, hopefully. Lacazette will follow. <laughs> there you go, that'd be nice. Um, Chelsea are set to sign... Orsborg left back Abdul Rahman Baba, twenty-one. Oh, this maybe, lad. Maybe they saw. Maybe they saw Montero oh, tear apart uh, Branislav Ivanovic. They decided, you know, we need to get Aspilicueta back on that right wing. Get this guy back in at left back. Well, this lad is an absolute tackling machine. Ninety-one wow. tackles he won last season in the Bundesliga. Fifty-four percent of the tackles that he engaged in, he won. He's a decent little player. He's got a lot of potential. He's 21 years old. So, yeah, it's a pretty good signing for, for Chelsea, I'd say, just to fit in there. But is he going to get the game time? Is it going to be good for his career? Probably not. If you've got, you know, the bat four's pretty settled. I can't really see him displacing any of those players, given that uh, Felipe Luiz couldn't displace um, Aspil Equator at left back. So, you know, yeah. it's development for him, isn't it, really? Point well made. Uh, final bit of transfer news Liverpool legend Fabio Barini uh, is on his way to Fiorentina, apparently, Lawrence. Tragic don't news. know about that. I'm not sure about that one. Um, it's in the Liverpool Echo, mate, so it must be true. F- well, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe it is uh, true. Uh, Jose Enrique as well, uh, confirming today that Balotelli, Barini and uh, Jose Enrique have been frozen out at Liverpool, um, which uh, I think is actually alienated is the word. Yeah. Um, and to some extent, it's basically being told they're surplus to requirements and they want to make you too well, comfortable got, at the club. They've got about 15 strikers, haven't they, Liverpool? They've got Origi... Yeah. Just signed um, Benteke. Yeah, so that's four, Adam. That's Balot- far off. Well, Balotelli 15, right. and Bruni. Yeah. That's at least, yeah, yeah, that's six. I don't I don't think any... You've actually got to score goals to be a striker. You realise that, Adam. Um, Are you saying Balotelli and Bruni don't count? Is what you're saying? Uh, I'm, I'm, you know what? I have real affection for Bruni. When he first arrived at the club, he was talking about embracing the life. He'd moved from 10 million uh, for 10 million. He'd been at Roma before. And it really looked like he was looking for somewhere to settle down. And then... 
over time, it looked as if Brendan Rodgers didn't really take to him as part of the team. And I felt quite sorry for him because he was put on the fringes. And a lot of people within Liverpool don't seem to, to take to Italians. Aquilani wasn't particularly popular. Barini wasn't particularly popular. Apparently, there was a case of bullying at Liverpool, actually. Um, some people even accusing Steven Gerrard as going as far as bullying oh, someone. They bully not, that Steven not, Gerrard not, fella. I've not seen that, that I can, to Ander Herrera last season, mate. I think he's a bully as well. Yeah, not that I can then comment on that, but I, I don't know that to be true. But there were just rumblings from inside the club that he'd sort of been... There were comments made about Barini um, to journalists and a number of people sort of basically calling out the fact that he was one of the signings. And you think that does slightly undermine the overall... Um, uh, the, the the authenticity of Brendan Rodgers and his signings if there's one of the main players calling him out but I, I, so for that reason I think you know he's a great squad player and probably a really good guy to have around because he seems like a very positive guy and very popular within the team mm. that doesn't mean that he's the kind of player that Liverpool necessarily want Yeah um, just going on just to, on, on Jose Enrique um, a lad at Squawker young Jack Watson um, yeah. pointed this me out today Bari, uh, sorry Enrique was asked uh, whether he would move back to Spain and he, he returned with I have a very good option to re- return to Spain but it's cop- complicated because the economy is very different to what exists here basically letting the world know that he's staying at Liverpool for the money mm, what do you think yeah. about that Lawrence? I'll play a bit more FIFA mate I love Jose Enrique I, I actually I'd love to see him play more but that's the, Liverpool don't seem to well Gomez actually played alright the other day but um uh, it's just I just don't think he fits in with what Rogers wants. If that makes sense. Yeah. We should probably also talk about Jordan Shakiri has moved yeah. to Stoke City to twelve million pounds. Mm. He's now the most expensive player in Stoke's history, uh, and Stoke now have the same amount. Well, they have as many Champions League winners in their squad as Manchester City, Liverpool, and Arsenal combined, which is an interesting little stat. Um, why, why are you cool question, question, quick question. Why we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a little game first here. Who, which team has the most Champions League winners in their current their current squad in the Premier League? Uh, Chelsea. No. Man United. No. Man United. Five. Five lads that have won it. Maybe it's this year. <laughs> Bring back the glory. <laughs> Those well. Anyway. Do you know, but Dave, Dave that, the number five, do you know where the number five is so relevant to uh, the I Champions bet, League? Right. So moving on to uh, why Shaqiri yeah. is a bit of a... <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a weapon. Um, so apparently, weapon. apparently he, you know, obviously had a wonderful World Cup. Only Messi created more chances that, than him at the World Cup. He scored that wonderful hat trick. Um, then obviously stayed at Bayern, didn't get in the squad. Then moved to Inter Milan. That was set up, set up by Matthias Sammer. Obviously played for both Bayern and Inter Milan. Um, and now he's moved to Stoke. And the rumours of why he's moved to Stoke is just simply financial. He could have moved to Schalke. Schalke offered him offered offered him a deal three three million euros a year. You know Schalke are on the emergence. They've just signed De Santo. They've got uh, Julian Draxler. They've got Max Myler. They're building a pretty decent young side. But instead, the, the young side that plays in the Champions League. But instead, he's joined Stoke for six million euros. It's just a pure financial thing. The first time Stoke offered him a contract when Stoke had that initial bid accepted, he didn't even want to speak to Stoke. Yet now the money comes in and he moves there. Not a good guy. A wonderful talented player though. There you go. Strong, yeah. strong. That's a. That's an Stop saying strong words. It, Dave's that's opinions it. are perfectly reasonable. Well, no, it's a, I don't want to say accusation, but um, yeah, to move, you're suggesting that he's moved for the money. That's interesting. I mean, that will probably be a factor within it, um, won't it? But I, I don't know. I mean, I think he seems seems like a good guy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> we should, uh, we probably should be on to questions because time is... He's Kosovan, I think, you but, know. But yeah. briefly... The, good guy we've, we've had the entire post guy. we've had the entire post morning from the weekend elsewhere all the Premier League action all that but is there anyone or any moments or anything that stood out for you guys over yeah. the weekend that you'd like to discuss yeah, yeah. Bielsa go on <laughs> yeah, absolutely anyone would be like yeah we lost 1-0 ah, my work here is done <laughs> I'm off lads it was, it, it, like, it was, I'm pretty sure that was it. It was, it, I can't remember what the exact quote is, but he pretty much says like, my work here is done. Or I've done <laughs> and then Can it's like, give, 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 give the, the good listeners a little bit of context in case they're not familiar with Bielsa and the whole situation. Bielsa is a real character in the first place. Bielsa is part of that school of thought, which is, you know, the short termism of football and at least modern football. And um, I think, I mean, he's an incredibly intense, exciting manager. His teams tend to burn out, uh, which definitely happens very often mm. um, and certainly happened last season. I mean, it was, it was, you know, sometimes you sort of think, well, is this a mental thing? But it was literally that the legs just fell off. The, not literally, that it was, it was, <laughs> the legs just fell off. Misuse um, no, well, I mean, if legs do actually fall off players, that would be a pretty incredible thing. Um, but it, and and that happened last year. He run he runs them into the ground, um, but not through kind of lack of care, just kind of this great intensity that I think um, you know he kind of rallies players yeah. around. It's like a high pressing game. That's it. He's, he's, he is the most high pressing manager around. He, last season, Marseille sometimes were playing something like a three three one three, absolutely so insane formation. But they were doing very well for it. They played brilliant football. I think one of the reasons, the underlying reason why he's resigned now, you go through the list of players that they've sold this summer: Jeremy Monreal, who's gone to Lyon; Andre who's obviously gone to Swansea; Gignac left for Tigneres. Uh, Peate has gone to West Ham you've lost Mbula that's gone to Porto and Fanny's uh, gone out to Qatar these are players that were in the first team and they've just gone because Marseille have built a new stadium and they have no money they need to basically make money from transfers and it's a massive shame because Bielsa was building something pretty brilliant at the start of the season they were sort of challenging for that top spot and obviously they did burn out like Lawrence says because Bielsa is an absolute nutcase but, but that's I mean that's part of it isn't it is that Bielsa is a nutcase and you kind of go you almost go along you imagine that watching him you're like oh my god this is so inspiring yeah um but at the same time you know there's no song you can be inspired until you just can't run anymore or you know you <laughs> your leg's that. gone yeah basically you know you're literally your legs just fall off Dave. yeah they just fall off mate imagine if they <laughs> actually did just fall off that'd be bad wouldn't it, <laughs> I think it would be, tell you what it would make football something. very exciting that that <laughs> those will be strong words adam and his legs have literally strong fallen <laughs> words dave dave is there anyone briefly 
Briefly, yeah, any I, I moments wanna, you want to mention? I want to jump on the back of Briefly. the defence of Peter Cech because I think he's been hammered by the media and I think it's poor media. You look at the, the goals. Of Bad media. Terrible media, rubbish journalism, absolute garbage. So you look at the first goal, which is a, a set piece from the wide, the wide area. Um, Cech comes off his line, potentially not the right decision, but who wins the ball? A West Ham United player. Why is an Arsenal player not winning the ball? Why is Pierre Mertesacker not getting up there? Koscielny was marking Kyoto, who scored the goal, and he let him go. And, and, I, and Czech's taken all this hammering that it was his fault for the defeat. Arsenal was so toothless in attack. Mesut Ozil was awful. They were so narrow, nobody was spreading the game. And then the second goal that went in, you know, that was a fantastic individual bit of brilliance that literally Zarate got the ball and hit it first time. Mm. Catches out everyone. Catches out Czech. You, you see Koscielmi doesn't go to uh, stick a foot out. He could have blocked the shot. You know, Mertesacker doesn't go to the ball. It's just laziness and not proper analytics of football. Both those goals came from a, a collective unit short-termism isn't short -term it strong words oh no sorry Arsenal need to sort their attack out strong words Dave strong words no that's a good point I like that he did he took a bit of a hammer didn't he reality check yep. was the uh, inventive headline on about 10 newspapers um that narrative that Lawrence Halls goes around, that's, you know, that's what would happen this weekend. They won't get to do it next week because it'll be fucking awesome and then they can't use the headline. Check's redeemed himself. Check yourself before you wreck his shut up. It was ridiculous how he went from hero to zero in about 10 seconds. He'll go back to hero. Yeah, he will. I'm sure he will. You either die a superhero or you live long enough to see yourself become the Arsenal villain. I saw someone last week with that tattooed on their arm. Not that exact quote you've just said. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'd actually travel forward in time and <laughs> listen to the front three, episode 17, wow. and for their birthday, they got it yeah. and put on their arm. Drawing by Julia Baines. That's from The Dark Knight, right? It's like yeah. uh, you either yeah. live, you either die a hero Super or you live long enough to become a villain. That is a mental quote to have tattooed on your arm. Well, I mean, I it, it's, kind that... of, it's kind of true. Like, you know, I think... And, Everything in time sort of dies or and goes goes uh, you know if you believe in good and bad which some people don't like me um, then you will you know then you'll you'll you, in the end some things will become bad or perce become perceived to be bad and that's like the problem. Jose that's Mourinho, the whole... eh? You well, exactly. Adam, actually, Adam, Adam, that is the fucking title of this week's podcast: is you either die a superhero or you live long enough to see yourself become Mourinho. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's just, it writes itself. You can make it up. Um, listen, anyway, we we've, got to, we've got to move on. We've got to move on. We've got to move on to the questions. Um, Please, so many. Right, on with the questions. We're going to have to whip through these quickly. I'm going to put so, them to Again, you. so many good ones. It's yeah, from the dedicated listeners who bother to tweet something. Lawrence, are you ready for the first question? Absolutely. Charles Anton Yardes on Twitter said, after the hype of that Oxford guy for West Ham we've discussed, do you think that overhype is why young UK talents are never good as promised? So is there a, an expectation issue with young English players? I just don't know how what what the yardstick of promise is. Like, where are we getting that promise from? Is that I almost feel like that's a self-generated sort of thing. That you know, if you believe in the promise of, um, and I'm trying to think of it. Okay, so Liverpool have actually had quite a few of these in recent years. Suso, um, who's the other one? Pacheco was another one of those great promising young players. And they go, you know what? They go away and they, I think they're in the second division in Spain now. And to some extent, you sort of feel like, you know what? If you're happy, then you know, keep doing that. And 
I don't know. It, I, I think it's very much to do with the uh, the perception from the outside and the perception of, uh, you know, you you put so much hope on, into those young players. And especially if your team isn't doing well, then you put a lot of hope into a young player. And sometimes that isn't fulfilled, but that's not necessarily uh, due to the, the, that's not necessarily the responsibility of the player. Although what I would say about that is sometimes they live up to that hype and it pushes them further. It's It's how that sort of ignites the ego within the player if you like so Wayne Rooney it totally worked but then that also worked against him later in his career yeah, other Rooney, people Rooney, maybe uh, David I know not David Beckham Gary Neville maybe mm. you see it work in a slightly different way because you know he's not the, the the promise doesn't come from the talent it comes from a place which people perceive to be more true which is hard work which isn't necessarily true but still works Alex Emery on Twitter asks was West Ham signing Pae the signing of the summer Dave I'll come to you but I'm going to give you 20 seconds for us to cut you off. It could be. Sick at ch- creating chances, obviously, was fantastic against Arsenal. I love that bit of the game where he brought the ball to the corner to waste some time. That shows some real composure. He definitely could be, but I've already mentioned that West Ham, second half of the season, are going to be on the down. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, mate, imagine if the second half of the season, and this would be incredible, they sack... Um, uh, what the hell's his Billich. name? Billich. Billich, and they get Bielsa. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so, that'd be, that'd be so they much were, fun. They were rumored yeah. to be interested in Bielsa, were they not? Yeah, they wanted to run everything into the ground. They were literally yeah, like, why not? We've done um, the business. Now let's do the players. <laughs> Lorenzo Castanon says, "Have Chelsea lost the ambition to win the league, Lawrence?" No, although some people would say uh, it's currently Mourinho's third season, um, and you know, I mean, oh, we're see- talking about Bielsa going. Um, and he subscribes to the same sort of um, mentality that Mourinho does, the short-termism to some extent. Um, so I'm not sure. Maybe maybe they're just not motivated in the same way. I don't know if that means they've lost the motivation to win the league, but I think they're slightly misguided right now. James says, should De Bruyne move away from Wolfsburg, Dave? No. No, he shouldn't. He's just found a team where he's settled and he's playing really good football, getting loads of assists. The team's built around him. uh, They work very hard. He's been off a quarter quarter of a million pounds a week to go to Manchester City. So uh, there's that. That is a good point there, Dave. Uh, Luca K says, uh, back on West Ham, are you prepared to drop the billage to be fired first no. thing after I'm, the I'm sticking with that. I'm, I'm going down with the ship. If it, if it crumbles and West Ham get into Europe, I'm, I'm going to get hammered. I'm going to take it. Oh, okay. I've made a bold prediction and that's what's going to happen. Um, Dan Thomas asks an interesting question. Who is the sexiest man in world football? Oh, good question. Oh, um, Lawrence McKenna, is it? Sh- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we have a? Sh- should we make a short list? I'm going to put. I'm my nomination. Jabby Alonso. Ooh. Mm. He's a looker. He's a looker. He's he's in- incredibly he's suave. He's the man every guy wants to be, and every girl wants to be. What with. about Pirlo? Pirlo's definitely up there, isn't he? Uh, uh, no, when Dave, he has a shade, you know he's what? not up to much. Yeah, but uh, also, um, well, oh, shut up. Da- um, also, MLS. Did you not see his highlights of all the misplaced passes that week? And almost, oh. almost complete lack of tracking back. Which he did. Pirlo. Dave, Dave, you got a suggestion? Pirlo, you've gone for Pirlo. Yeah, I've gone for, I'm going to go for Pirlo. He's a, really? He's a looker. Got to go for Harry Gay, mate. He's just, that, oh. <laughs> are we talking about people who are still playing? Or could we, could we say Thierry Henry? Because he is incredibly sexy. Va, va, um, <laughs> Bay, Bay v Bay on Twitter says, assuming you all have a fancy team, yes, what transfers Ooh. have you made for the next game week? Oh, tell me one player each who's definitely going to get in your team for next week. If you have, and I tell you, can I tell you one story? Quickly, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I accidentally 
uh, I must have had some sort of panic dream. I hope genuinely this happened on our fantasy side. I didn't make any transfers. I changed players into the squad, forgot to make transfers, went back to sleep, woke up, and I'd fallen asleep on my fantasy team and I pressed submit. <laughs> Unlucky, bud. Yeah, no, right. What, what happened this week, actually, Lawrence, about that, um, you know, the, the lad, that, that comment that was just oh. absolutely excellent? Yeah, someone was saying, Dave, Dave said that he hit favourite hard on this one. Oh, yeah. It, it was a super favourite. <laughs> it sounded bad. Someone said, uh, yeah, Dave, don't, don't go hitting kids hard. Um, lost cast, lost cast, lost cast. Uh, Who will be young PFA player of the year? Guy Tan. Uh, how, oh, yes, this one's from Sam. Sam Dawes. Sam Dawes says, how does Lawrence feel that his triple captain still <laughs> down? Um, Lawrence feels fine because he feels like the longer that he keeps Sterling in the team, yeah. the less he will perform well. <laughs> we, should, um, um, we should give a shout out to Philip Dillon, who's now top of the front fee fantasy. So many Dave, people. You in the league? Um, I'm not doing very well, mate. But it's no, not it's about well. you know. It's not about the first week, Lawrence. It's about mate getting the signings in. Not a sprint. Like Joe Gomez, when he's nice and cheap, four point five million right now. Get him in your team, and then you know. You'll see. It'll happen, mate. I am currently sitting at 102nd, but... In our league? Yeah, mate, I'm doing mate, awful, mate. Suck balls, mate. <laughs> mate. I 21st. I can't... I'm something around there. All right, mate. We'll see you next week. Yeah, pal. Yeah, we'll see you next <laughs> week. We'll see you next week. Yeah, of course we will, see mate. See you yeah. next Tuesday. Um, yeah. We've also well got... Well played. Uh, Ethan Larson asking who will be the PFA Young Player of the Year. I feel like we've answered that every week, but... Um... Are you okay? Uh, no, Raheem Sterling this year. Uh, he did look promising in his yeah. old debut there. Um, Nicola F says, do you see Yannick Balassi at Crystal Palace after the transfer window is closed? I would say Luke. yes, unfortunately, although I'd love to see him at Spurs. I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, on a sixpence, who is always asking questions, good questions, says, how will Villa cope this season and who will be their key signing? They've made quite a few signings, haven't they? Um... Villa? Didn't we, we? We went through Villa before, didn't we? You know, the excellent yeah, Vivtut and Idrassi Gian are going to be excellent for them. And a lot of probably Jordi Gresti as well, you know, that uh, header. Yeah, a lot of people focusing on their outs, but I mean, their ins are sort of, they, they spread that talent out, out pretty well. Um, Sam Wiltshire is asking about Barton's proposed transfer to West Ham. I think we kind of touched on it, but... What does that mean, though? Do you, I mean, it can't just be because of... I think they're probably going to be blaming the fans and the uproar uh, for, for one reason, but I just I wonder if there's got to be something else. I mean, if you know that a player is going to be so good then or going to be good for the team, then you'll yeah. still sign them, you know? So I, just, I think Obviously, there's something else. Second thoughts. Weak, cool, second thoughts. Absolutely weak. That's what it is. Weak, weak. from gold. Why uh, <laughs> Marcello, Marcello Pep Bielsa... Yeah. The ultimate football manager. Why do managers like Wenger keep cribbing about the transfer window? Shouldn't he shut up? <laughs> cribbing. No, I, I agree with him. Cribbing? What do you think um, he means? I'm not quite sure. I think he means we, crying. I think lads, we're getting old here. Oh wait, no, cribbing, yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Um well, I, I got distracted because I've just run across the official account of Jadon Shakiri on Twitter, and his avatar is him topless with what looks nice. like um, uh, like a beanie hat. He looks like Bam Margera um, from back in the day. Brilliant, brilliant. It's haunting, haunting. Mm. Cribbing, okay, cribbing, okay. Urban Dictionary, great yeah. help to the lads. Yeah. Cribbing, to complain, a mild form of whining. Right, like crying. 
something yeah. like in a sentence quick cribbing about how rough your day has been oh sick i've actually learned okay. something new this week he's cribbing, yeah he's been cribbing about uh, it as i said he's been cribbing about the window but i mean we talked about it before right that we, he's been cribbing about the window venga uh, awesome venga oh yeah <laughs> um nah. just he's, he's, he has to have something to say doesn't he <laughs> Alex MU on Twitter says they're very controversial. Who is better, Northern Ireland or Ireland? I think that's a bit of a loaded question. I think we should probably just skip that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ireland. Do you, mean it, do you mean it football? I hope so, actually. <laughs> I, I think we should go into this. I didn't even think Northern Ireland. We can talk about Jerry Adams and the lads. I don't feel like we should talk about it at all. Just mention, mention Jerry Adams and the lads when talking about football, Dave. Um, I think uh, Northern Ireland looking pretty promising right now. They still have a chance of getting to the Euros. Um, They've, they've. Uh, I, I think there's been a bit of a reform within the camp recently. There's been somewhat of an injection of energy um, from changing the way the coaching staff are playing them, um, and also just the fact that people are now turning up. Um, I think there's been a bit of a change of uh, attitude there. They've realised that there's probably a generation here who are a little bit different, and that the, the overall approach change will probably uh, benefit them. And I think that that's really shown in in this cycle. I think the problem is if they don't qualify after this cycle, where do they go from there? Because you know, it's almost if you don't get your uh, ideology validated, then how long can that last for without the players sort of not buying into it? Um, Paul Parker asks, was Mourinho selling Czech just a clever mind game? Someone tweeted <laughs> the other day, uh, haha, it's just Ross Turnbull in a cap. <laughs> Brilliant. Maybe, maybe. Brilliant. Yeah, we're, we're, what do you reckon? Did, did, uh, no, Mourinho, I mean, did Mourinho in the last we've, year? We've already, we've already, I've already, I've already had the thoughts on, on young Peter. Poor lad. Uh, Benjamin P said, who would you say is the better striker, Benzema or Lewandowski? Lewandowski. Simple. Go on, lads. Say what, say what you're going to say, and then Rob. I'll come in and drop some bombs. Robbie okay, Lewandowski. Uh, yeah. I actually had an argument with someone tonight with Lily Suarez or um, Benzema's better. Um, and they said Benzema. Uh, I'm going to say, I'll say Benzema. I think Benzema is the peak of his French generation, this French generation. <laughs> and for that reason, I'll say that he is <laughs> derisory. I mean, Dave, tell me, tell Whoa. me, who else is the peak of this French generation? Lewandowski, mate, he's the peak of every generation. Yeah but, yeah, but Dave, I'm saying of this French generation. Antoine Griezmann, bang, brilliant. <laughs> the fact you think he's that generation is brilliant, Dave. Well done, mate. Well, buddy, Woof. same sort of age, is they not? 20, 22, 27? You know, that's what you what? Yeah, it's no, the same, no, mate. No, no. Oh, Dave, Dave, it's a complete. Dave, one was born in the 80s, the other was born in the 90s. Ooh, controversial facts. Yeah. Moving Big on. Lewandowski, <laughs> mate, best number nine in the world. All right, go on. Tell us why. In the Champions League, only Messi and Ronaldo have scored more goals in the last four years. Fantastic. Um, there you go. Sorry, Lauren. You let me down, Ski. C E L Sharif says Urzil created by far the most chances in the top five leagues since 2008. On Dave. He underrated. Well, I oh my spreadsheet is not loading, lads. We could have an issue here. So basically, oh, no. Dave's uh, broken down. He hasn't got go. his stats. Oh, no, I got it. I, nothing without your stats. No. Down, yeah? Right. So I am not a fan of Mezzozil. I'll make that clear now. So oh. I've probably got a slight agenda against him because I just don't think he's worth the money. Um, he's he doesn't contribute in the attacking sense. I read an article today in the BBC that was saying that. Um, he puts a, a shift in because he does X amount of sprints per game and he and he's ranked from attacking midfielder, he's ranked pretty well with the tackles and interceptions, which is a load of crap, quite uh -huh. frankly. They're stats that you've got to throw in the bin 
and then move on. So I looked at Mesut Ozil's chance creation um, over the last four years because that's where my that's the length of the data that I have. Um, so his Real Madrid numbers in the 2012-13 season are pretty impressive. He created uh, 120 chances in the La Liga and the Champions League, and he got 17 assists. Pretty decent for an attacking midfielder. Those numbers have drastically dropped. So assists-wise, so going from that season onwards to his Arsenal days, so he's got the first in that 2012-13, 17 assists, and the next season, 12 assists. Season after, six assists, and obviously he has zero assists this season. So that is a big drop. That is dropping off. So from that, his Real Madrid days to his Arsenal days, he's dropped 11 assists. And then you, you move on to sort of the, the you know, the, what you've got to think about here is, is Ozil, has he stopped creating good chances or are his teammates letting him down? There's a two things there. That's a deeper analysis. But I would say that he's creating a poorer quality of chance and he's creating less chances and he's just not putting it in. Mm. I saw an interesting comment during the rounds. Um, that was uh, David Silva plays like how Arsenal fans pretend Ozil plays. Oh, very good. I'm not. I'm not sure that's true. But okay. No, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think mm. there's some other things mm. maybe that would make Ozil stronger. But fair enough. Louis Morad says, "Which team will actually step up and get Charlie Austin?" It's probably going to be. I'd say Tottenham over Newcastle. I wish Bayer it was Newcastle though. Yeah, I can't see Newcastle actually going for it. No. Yeah, not in the end. They've already. Uh, you know what? If it's if it, Adam, tell me now. If uh, if Spurs signed him, do you reckon mm-hmm. they'll make the top four? No, I don't think they'll make the top four this season. If they, I even, don't bother them, even if they signed him, I think uh, that's oh. beyond us. The other teams are too strong, too strong. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, plus, we should have got Menteke. I was banging on about it for ages. Um, Colin Cooney said, "Which new signing mm-hmm. for a BPL club is the most overrated?" Um, <laughs> Tough question, seeing as we're only one game in. Is it? Is it? Uh, this was a funny one. Is everyone thinks Andre Ayo and Jordan Ayo are the same um, standard of player? Um, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I know there are journalists who are slightly down on uh, Jordan. Although it is great that Jordan um, is the most is now the most common name at Aston Villa. There are three Jordans that have signed in a row actually this summer. I'm going to defend young Jordan. I think he's going to be excellent when he's yeah, playing yeah, with Rudy, but yeah. you know, we will see. When he's playing with who? Rudy Gusted. Okay, I thought you said Rooney. I was, yeah, no, good point, Dave. <laughs> um, there are other people who say, and I, I believe this is a verbatim quote, he is the uh, footballer that makes the worst decisions I've ever seen him play. Yeah. Um, but that, I, that's... Lovely. That's going from that's me going from other people's testimony. So maybe I'm wrong about. It. I, I, what I'm saying is, I'd love to see him do well. The um, final question, for fuck's sake, is from Luke Willock on Twitter, and he you dropped asked, a Willock there, mate. The question is: Will Liverpool do better this season, or will they fall back? Um, I they'll do better, mate. They'll finish fifth. <laughs> I think that's technically better, isn't it? So yeah, that yeah. is better. You're right. Yeah. yeah, that is, and I imagine that is exactly how Brendan Rodgers' end of season meeting will go. You said do better, and that We've is technically it, better. He says, <laughs> shouting and pointing at the PowerPoint. <laughs> what? Tell me what's better, John. Pretty Five or six? And yeah. Tell me, John. And John's going, well, that's not the point, Brent. Tell me, John. <laughs> Tell me what is better. Five or six? And they'll be like, we just have to break into the Champions League. And he's like, I'm the champion of the rest of the league. <laughs> Good on. I'd love to, 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 to be on a fly on the wall with anything in, in 
Brendan Rodgers' office, maybe. Just see what he gets up to. I read a wonderful article this week, uh, which was kind of spoke about Brendan Rodgers. And um, I can't remember who it was by, but I, I'll find it and I'll post it in the comments below the podcast. Uh, and But it was basically about how managers have to compartmentalise their lives and how Brendan Rodgers is apparently... Um, very up on the, it was on the independent by the way I can't remember who the writer was sorry um, but basically it was about how managers compartmentalise their lives and can I read a little excerpt from the really quickly because yeah, we okay. are running so the independent, in the independent they're talking about managers compartmentalising their lives and it says um, something has to come from within you have to put the professional and personal to each side it's about being happy of course but the owners have paid me to do a job so i will do the job and then it goes on to say there's a story about not not there's a story about Notts county jimmy cyril which uh was which has stuck with me since i was a young coach his wife kathy died late on the friday night but he came in on the saturday nothing was said he got on with the job and he did his job team played the game won the game normally after every game him and his wife would sit for um at a little table and have a glass then they go this saturday night he quickly popped into the bar someone asked about his wife and he said she died last night he'd lost the woman of his life his right hand but he still came in and did his job makes you think doesn't it oh What's that story? It brought a tear to my eye when I when yeah. I originally. I know that my voice maybe you know people think he's a bit of a dick, but it's still it's a it's such a it's, it's such a touching story. You can imagine this guy kind of losing his wife and how big that must be, and then suddenly he has to go and play a game of football, and he's got that sort of just have to have the strength to be able to go and get your team what to play a, a game of football is. Um, I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, we, you know, people were uh, commenting on Bielsa. Uh, separating himself off from having to leave the club but I mean that's a completely different situation and it's sort of incredible it's a really touching story let's put it that way mm, it's nice yeah there are caring things in football and they touch all of us no matter how much of a dick you think we are <laughs> <laughs> on that note insufferable Lawrence insufferable shall we move that was insufferably briefly nice. shall we move briefly onto the talking points please yeah do yeah So, talking points. My yes. talking point, very briefly, is um, I am trying to do a classic top ten for the old Football Republic, right? Oh, yeah. The old Football Republic. Oh, yeah. It's an old, yeah, oh, yeah. It's an old classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably won't go out this week. It'll be a couple of weeks. But I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about worst ever Premier League transfers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I suggested on Twitter, I said... Is Angel Di Maria being the most expensive player in Premier League history, having left after one season, having not accomplished a great deal? Technically, he's in the top ten. Yeah, he's in the is top he 10. the worst or among the top three worst signings of the season uh, of all time? Sorry, mm-hmm. didn't get much support for that theory. Mm-hmm. No, I, d- I disagree so with that theory, mate. So, who <laughs> would you say is the worst and why? So, a lot uh, the classics are always. Andy Carroll, Fernando Torres, but a lot of people were pointing out to me that Fernando Torres couldn't be considered the worst because even though he cost a lot of money and maybe he didn't have the desired impact, he did win a lot of Chelsea, scored you know that crucial goal, arguably yeah, crucial it, goal against it, Barcelona. Is, is that in spite of? I mean, yeah, no, I suppose yeah. so. That was, and that was a good goal. So Wasn't basically it? my struggle is, who is going to be number one on the list of the worst Premier League signing of all time? Um, so you've got Falcao's got to have a mention there. Yeah, Falcao probably Absolutely. does. Well, that's unfair. 
And it's also it that maybe cost, the price I know it cost like wages, but it didn't cost a lot. Well, it in cost terms like of, fifteen million pound, million euros for his loan, and then he was on three hundred and something grand a week. He was. But why? Why is, why is he not? A man costs dollar. Why is he worse than Di Maria then? Well, because so he's got he, sixty million. Di Maria performed. Di Maria played. Goals. He was good. Yeah, he played well. Everyone wearing these glasses is like, oh, Di Maria was rubbish, terrible. No, he wasn't. He was very, very good. He, if Di Maria had the same amount of ball as Ashley Young this weekend, Man United would have won that game six nil. Simple. Ashley hey, Young was pretty poor this weekend. You know, going to put it out there. But if if a player of Di Maria's quality can't fit into a system for a manager, then it's confusing. It's probably the system, all right? Yeah, it could be the system. Probably the system. Uh, can I say, it's not, actually, this sounds really harsh yeah. now, um, Michael Owen to Real Madrid, Liverpool getting eight million, and ah. Antonio Nunez. That's worth of all time, potentially. But we're talking Premier League. The popular... That was a Premier League one. I thought you said to Real Madrid. Well, I mean, no, because um, Ma- Michael Owen went the other way, and then Nunez came to Liverpool. So God. it's technically it's still a transfer. The, um... Um, I'm going to go with Marouane Fellaini. No, oh, fuck off. Whoa, that's mad. 27 million quid, right? He's the worst most, ever. He's the 10th most expensive player of, of Premier League. He's, he's just, I don't like him. That's a personal <laughs> agenda. I just yeah, don't that's like definitely it. a personal agenda, isn't it? Uh, the the yeah, popular sorry, consensus now was um, uh, Fernando Torres is number one. He is the worst. Andy Carroll second. That's Surely what. there are players who have transferred to a club, never played a game, and then um, sort of left on a free or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you, to define the worst, you've got to take in... It's, it's more like the price. When you, someone's had a hefty price tag and they failed, that seems to be what pop, what, what qualifies as the worst transfer because the expenditure, oh, the oh, risk... Oh, then, then Michael Owen to Newcastle. Oh, yeah, that's a bad one, wasn't it? That was a bad one. Poor Michael, poor, poor Michael Owen. Yeah, we're not necessarily saying the player is terrible. It's just, you know, circumstances, no, we are. injuries, no. ETC. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were some great, sh- great shouts from... Well, um, Baratelli, Mario Baratelli, you know. Baratelli, mate. Baratelli, mate. Baratelli, mate. Someone shouted, yeah, someone shouted Baratelli, Soldado. Someone mentioned 26 million. Hasn't done anything. Andre Shevchenko was another shout. Juan Sebastian Veron. You two. Alfonso Alves. Alberto Aquilani. Oh my god, what's he called? The lad that used to play for the play for Fulham last year or the year before. Metroglu, yeah, that chap. Oh my god. See, so many bad signings. Um okay. I think good scouts, Adam. Thanks for making us do your job for you. Yeah, that's I like to get a consensus, you see. And I've got the consensus now that Torres is the worst Premier League signing of all time. Aquilani was pretty bad. Rubinho was awful. Oh my god. Aquilani wasn't bad, Dave, because <laughs> Aquilani didn't get his chance to play a bloody yeah, game. But that's what that's what that's what it means with well, transfers. It's not necessarily yeah, but, the player's okay. fault. It's just yeah, that's that part of it. The investment is, was poor. Yeah. Okay. Well, then Aquilani. <laughs> <laughs> He's come back around. I like it. Um, Dave, briefly, because we're running massively Great. over. Uh, Shall we just do the quick one? We'll do the quick go on, one. Go on. So let's go through the the names I found funny in, in fantasy football from the lads. <laughs> so we, we gave a shout out last week with our, with our uh, you know fantasy football league. Join it if you haven't. You know, fantastic little league. We'll probably drop drop the code out again. Uh, my favourite name so far is G Sung Park G Bus. Quite funny there. Pretty <laughs> decent. You get it? Go, okay, guys. Okay. Uh, other funny ones. Fabian Del Snake. I found that quite funny just because I'm mature. And then the classic <laughs> Lollapool FC. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? Mm. What about just... We've got one, someone in the league just called Full Stop. Oh, shit. Oh, that is big, that. It's actually... Yeah. Well, it's tiny, actually. It's the smallest name you can have, Dave. My 
all-time favourite. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! There's the one. Just seen one. Manchester United. Ooh, that's a good one. Well played, Richard. Well played, lad. Yeah. Uh, you are an ostrich. Is Connor McDonough? <laughs> you are an ostrich. I like that. That's good. Um, Shamak my pitch up. A classic from. Oscar that's a really Wolf. yes. That's a good one. Who ate all the pies? That's not his name. It's Memphis. But all right. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. Um, um, Fifty Shades O'Shea. O'Shea. Yeah. That's a good one. Dave, why don't you have squawking in Memphis? Oh, I could have that. Oh, Lawrence, you're too smart. You're <laughs> good, aren't you, pal? I like uh, hashtag uh, Sky Sports News HQ Sanchez. You know, choice on Twitter. Um, my all-time favourite um, f- fantasy football name is Czechoslovakia. That is definitely. Yes. Oh, that's good. You know? I like Lord Chancellor Teckers. What's your Just What's your team names? Uh, Dave. Mine is Motherbar United. That is after the. Great, great pub in Shoreditch that I used to go to. Oh, bar. You know, you've got to stay there, haven't you? The mother bar. Lovely place. If you ever visit London, you want a few bevies after about two o'clock in the morning, that place find is Dave. open. Right. Get in there. He's been paid. I love the idea you'll find Dave in there with a whiskey. Uh, just a, a very simple, my old Pro Evo team name, ACFC. Oh. ACFC. Right. <laughs> Mine is the really cool um, Lightning Bolt. Uh, oh, bolt with yeah. lightning bolt. Yeah, it's, it's got something. Yeah, to that it. works, mate. Yeah, I'll give you that. Guys, got any more? Let us know. Is like, um, <laughs> like you know, when everyone goes for the quiz and they're like, you know, when you, I don't know, when you're fresh as week and everyone's like, let's do a quiz. We'll do a quiz, and then it's like, quiz team Aguilera. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was never part of that crew, Lawrence. Mate, I was getting hammered. Make none of us were. Yeah. Good stuff, yeah. mate. Good stuff. There's, there's a lot of people in that team in that league. Sorry. In the fantasy Mate, league, my god, there are so many in that fantasy. Fair play, guys, thanks very much for signing up. Uh, we give yeah, a, the winner is getting a prize, unless it's unless it's you know me, you, or Dave, right? I'm winning it though, so second no, place. Yeah. So second yeah, place, guess. If, if you do win it, if if we win it, then if we I get win it, do I get the prize? Oh, yeah, you get it. Yeah, yeah, I would deserve it to be fair. But um, anyway. yeah, all the editing you do every week, I think, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up episode seventeen of the front free. And what an episode it was, if I do say so yeah. myself. Um, Happy birthday to who? Whose birthday is it? Um, whoever tweeted me. Uh, it was user minutes ago. User five oh, yeah, seven three user. seven two one. Oh yeah. yeah. Happy birthday. I think it was four zero nine eight three two one. Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, Retweet. But anyway, thank you very much for listening to the front free. Let us know what you made of the podcast. Any thoughts, any suggestions, any questions for next week? You can tweet us at the front three on Twitter. Lawrence, until next week, where can the good people find more of your work? Google me, Lozcast, L O Z C A S T. Dave? Well, it's usually on Twitter. <laughs> Squawker Dave, let's go for it. Everyone ready now? S Q U A W K A D A V E. But there's one thing you've got to check out. It's the pin tweet. It's the Man United season preview. If you've not watched it, comment, like, love it. That's the game. Brilliant. Love it. And where about you? Where, what about you, Adam? Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Adam Boltwood, B-O-U-L-T Wood, or on YouTube, The Football Republic. Go and check it out and subscribe because it's the best channel on YouTube called The Football well. Republic. You are indeed. Dave's there as well. He is there. indeed. There as I well. think that, that rematch is due very soon, I think. Oh, Dave yeah, that's what they always say, pal. Um, but we have got Spencer Owen coming on this week, Spencer FC. So that's. Um, that is a huge guest. That is like, that's very the equivalent exciting. of having like 
Chris Evans when he was hosting the breakfast show. Do you know I what I mean? That was that crazy. is the perfect analogy. Um, until next week, episode eighteen. We'll see you later, and thank you for listening. Bye. See ya. Oh, see ya. See ya. Bye. See ya later. See ya later. See ya later. Next week. I'm definitely leaving that in. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.